like when I lost my friend and everything in my arms, it really put me in a position where um, I feel like I was fucking up yeah. all the time. Like anything, I always had people on you know on my back telling me, "He's like, oh, you're, you know, I wish you would have died." So that put me in a negative mindset, and I was like, you know what? Like maybe I'm not good for nothing. Right. You know, so like when I started reading the subconscious mind, it, like something clicked. You know, like um, it was like you know like started looking life in a different perspective Mm. you know it's like uh, there's like a hole you know like if you fall in a hole like either you can dig out you know like or dig up or something like Mm. just try to get out just trying to jump to get Mm. out of that hole but in my mind like I seen the hole and I just like I seen it like a piece of paper like if I drew it like okay there's a hole but also if I turn it it's a way out Welcome to the Blood Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast and please enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, Our guest has gone through significant personal and intergenerational trauma. He was born into a cycle of violence both in the streets and at home, but in spite of all this adversity, he has broken free of the past and is now on a journey of self-healing. He's now an activist for human and animal rights. Welcome to the podcast, Rob Lopez. Hello, hello. What's thank up? you, Rob, What's for up? being here. Yeah, thank you for being here. I appreciate y'all having yeah. me. Yeah, I just I'm, I heard a lot about you. You know, so I'm glad we got to meet you. Um, but I know you're doing some big things. Um, we always like to start though with getting to know you, getting okay. to know your story, okay. your upbringing, all that. So tell us a little bit about your your upbringing, how you grew up, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I was born in Michoacan, Mexico. Michoacan. Oh, okay. Um, uh, born in September. Okay. Um, Twenty seven. Um. When did you come to the United States from Michoacan? When I was four years old. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically uh, running away from my father. Father was an alcoholic, would beat my mother uh, to the point that my mom was just tired trying to give us a better life. Okay. Um, since then, like, uh, I ended up moving to California. And when I moved to California, my father was in and out of our lives. So I will... My mom would still want to have a relationship with my father for us, yeah, for the kids and for stuff. The kids. So she she would still like talk to them. So we ended up moving around with him for a while. And then we ended up in Texas. Then we came back to California because my father ended up beating my mom again. Oh, wow. To the point that she was like, like gushing out blood from her face. And, oh, my gosh. And uh, my older brother was the one that turned my father in to the police because he was like 15 years old and he called the police he didn't know what to do you know 15 year old kid doesn't know how to react to that so trying to save his mom definitely and uh so we ended up in my sister and i ended up in a foster home because my older brother ended up moving to california after that and he was only 15 um my sister and i was super young as well and like we about ended up in a like in a foster home yeah so So how old were you when you had to go into the foster home uh around seven years old seven years old yeah and how old was your sister she's younger than me she's about seven years younger so maybe like man she was a baby yeah yeah yeah, wow or so how how long were you guys in there maybe for about a year till my mother recovered and everything and she was able to like move out on her own and Uh like move back to california what part of california were you guys in 
Delhi, California. Delhi. I've heard of that, but where is that? It's by Merced County. Okay, so Central Valley. Yeah, Central Valley. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah. So you pretty much were raised in the Central Valley. Yeah. Well, like we moved to California and then the same thing happened again. My mom was talking to my father again and my father came again to California and picked us up. This time he ended up moving us to all the way to Georgia. Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) how old were you when you moved to Georgia? I was nine. Nine years old. Okay. So started in Michoacan Mm -hmm. and then your mom wanted to protect you guys so she yeah. took off and you came to the united states came to california right yeah definitely but then obviously she wanted to try to work it out so you guys could have a relationship with your dad mm-hmm. right but that didn't work out no uh, but and then but then it kept going and then and then you ended up in georgia at nine years old mm-hmm. what was that like going from west coast california to southern georgia at like nine years old honestly at first i was very happy as a child okay you know um it was very different because um, I didn't know my father like that I, when I first met him and everything. Like, like it was it was it was a weird connection. So like being in California was like my happy place. Um, like that's really where I felt happy, and I was actually living a childhood. Okay. So moving to Georgia, um, that's like, that really changed my life because um, I wasn't happy anymore. Uh, right. You know, like I was in fear. Um, I would, I would hate, you know, seeing my father cause I would get threatened to, or get beat by him yeah. for no reason sometimes and it would suck. So like, it was a big change. It was a big yeah. change. Like I ended up falling into depression as a kid, I think. Yeah. And you know, it was, it was very different. Wow. And so, um, you know, when, when was it that you started to kind of be on your own? um like being on my own as an individual kind of like when you were in georgia when did you kind of Mm -hmm. start feeling your place like uh i think middle school middle school yeah middle school um i you know just growing up uh my father ended up like getting deported just because his choices in life yeah Mm -hmm. and how old were you when this happened um around 12 years old okay so that was only pretty much three years with your dad and and then pretty much he was gone and yeah what was that feeling like when your dad was it kind of sad was it like bittersweet it was bittersweet yeah at the same time it was sad um because uh he loved me yeah (laughs) I, i know he did and he just didn't know how to express it. Um, yeah, they say hurt people hurt people, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Especially the, people, the closest you. people are around them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, so now you're 12. You said right, mm-hmm. and then your dad gets deported, mm-hmm. and then what? What happened next? Um, after that, uh, we ended up like living in a, in a one uh, bedroom home for a while. Okay. Because so, like when all that happened before my father. Um, got deported uh, we were houses because we ran away from him mm-hmm. and like I said my mom and dad would always talk so um, they would just keep getting together and then one day finally got tired of that happened got deported and so we ended up living in this bedroom house uh, for like it was let's see my older brother my sister and my two little brothers so that's like four kids and my mother Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's five, six of us all together. So when did your older brother rejoin you guys? Because um, you said he went to California yeah, by himself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when my father came and picked us up again in California. Okay, so he was, how much older is he than you? Um, he's 32, 33, so I'm 27. 
So he's uh, like five years older. Yeah, five, yeah. seven. Oh, so five, he was almost a, like yeah. eighteen when when he moved back there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got so it. it was it was very different, especially because my father and him didn't get along too much. Yeah, I can imagine because he was the oldest boy too. Yeah. Right. Was yeah. it like an out like a like a who's the man of the house kind of fight or? No, it was basically like you know uh, respect each other type of thing. Okay, got you know? it. Uh, my my brother didn't really bother him or nothing mm-hmm. uh, unless it was like something that he had to interfere or had to say something gotcha. that wasn't right. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. Did you guys have any family in California or anywhere in the United States? Uh, yeah, we have most of our family in, in California, mm-hmm. but in Georgia we had no family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were just separated all from our family. Like we were just on our own. Yeah. So I mean, I know I've been to Georgia before, and mm-hmm. uh, or at least Atlanta, right? That area. What was it like? Like, I mean, was it diverse? Was it like, were you one of the few Latinos there? Um, growing up, it it was it was diverse, but also like like growing up, a lot of racism. You know, yeah. a lot of racism. Uh, I've never experienced that until I moved to Georgia. So like, it was kind of weird, you know. And then it became normal, like you know, just being around that racism against all ethnicities yeah all ethnicities it was basically like uh i remember having a friend when i was in elementary school in fourth grade and one day he's calling me uh a beaner i'm like whoa (laughs) you're like what the heck yeah i was like i've never experienced that yeah (laughs) you're like in california i'm just normal you know yeah yeah Yeah, that's crazy so it it was very it was very different yeah so like now you know after your dad leaves you're you know what what, how'd your life kind of start to go to go forward after that um well it it was it was still a little hectic just because like my mom was a single mother Mm -hmm. you know raising um five kids wow yeah on her own so she didn't um you know just seeing her struggle a lot Uh, and then my older brother like getting into uh into the streets himself and just started like to you know support the family and you know the cycles that we fall into especially in capitalism and stuff like that it puts us in a and you know becoming a product of our own environment right basically you need to make money some way yeah so yeah so he ended up being in the streets at around i think 14 or so like it was just like it was just off and on uh, around 14 yeah like he ended up getting caught up with you know some things and uh he ended up going to prison how long was he sent go go to prison for four years okay so, so yeah so i mean i just want to share a story so my cousin um got into trouble around 14 right he joined gangs and um he went to prison at 14 and they gave him at 15 years old they gave him a 13 year sentence oh, wow so like almost the amount of time he was alive yeah he got that much of a sentence so what had happened was my 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 cousin used to go to jubilee church mm-hmm. so when my cousin moved to the west side to try to get out of trouble which is ironic he ended up getting into more trouble over here yeah. this is where he got into gangs right and uh so the weird thing was those pastors that were taking care of my cousin because my cousin was like in a boys group yeah they got accused of molesting boys Whoa. that's crazy yeah so the same lawyer that was representing the pastors was representing my cousin wow when he found out my cousin was one of the boys that those pastors were were under their care he backed out of the trial and then my aunt and uncle could not afford 
lawyers, so he got the maximum sentence. Yeah. So at 15 so years crucial. old, he got a 13-year sentence. That's crucial. Yeah. And, you know, and we'll, we'll get back to you because it's not about me, but I just wanted to share that because I kind of understand where, like, what happened to your brother because yeah. uh, they try to get you into the system mm-hmm. and they want to keep you there. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? So what happened to your brother when he got when he went to prison? I mean, he, he, went, he got caught up. He got out, bonded out, you know, got a lawyer. But during the time before then, like uh, before he went to prison, he was already like preparing me to be like, yo, like you got to be the man of the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like at a, like I think I was 14, 15, yeah, 15. He's like, as soon as you turn 16, you have to drop out of school. Like oh, wow. you're going to have to like help out your mom. You're going to have to make know? money. Yeah. yeah like yeah. basically get a job, you know, like yeah. we need to figure something out. And it was a big change, you know, yeah. like um, it was just uh, very different because like I was already depressed. Yeah. And then like even more like, depression added on as a kid you know it's like i didn't know how to react to that yeah was he a green card green card holder at that time no no he he -hmm. he was uh my older brother yeah he was uh, he was still like undocumented and stuff okay the reason i asked yeah my my older brother got in trouble too and Mm -hmm. we're both um green card holders and when you get in trouble in america and you're not an american citizen they're really they're really hard on you yeah so it's it's you re- get in trouble, especially when it comes to like you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy because yeah, because because of, of the drugs, of mm-hmm. course, and uh, like uh, like that time that he went that he got pulled over, it was my little brother and I, and when we were together, like the police were asking them, it's like, where's the things? Like basically, let's set them up, you know? Like that's crazy. Like yeah. they they were already tracking shit. Crooked down. cops already. Yeah, yeah. it's everywhere, mm-hmm. and um. So that happened, and then I ended up meeting the mayor of Georgia, like Sonny Purdue. Weird. It was so weird, right? Yeah. And just seeing them, how they interact together, the police and the mayor, how they're so, you know, so good friends and stuff. So it was kind of weird seeing that, but also, like, seeing how, like, they would allow an undocumented woman to take a taxi just to come and pick up their kids two hours away from where they were living. Oh, wow. You know, you know it's like instead of helping them out. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, they would mm. make them pay for the taxi and all that. Yeah, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, he was telling me I had to drop out of school, and like, I, as soon as he told me that, like, I was like, okay, then what the hell am I trying? Like, why am yeah. I even going to school? So I started skipping. I was like, okay, you know, like I don't need to finish school. I'm gonna drop out anyway. So what's the whole point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, skipping a lot. I ended up dropping out when I was 16. Got a job. You know, and uh, it was just it's just been it's been a while since then too. Like uh, working, and then just working for like one hundred twenty five dollars a week or like two hundred dollars a week mm-hmm. working yeah. at a car wash. Yeah, like you busting know? your butt, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and like during the time, my mother ended up like getting diagnosed with like some type of cancer oh, on her sorry chest. To hear about that, yeah. So and breast cancer was it or no? It was like going towards that it okay. was just like some type of growth that popped out on her chest and um she had to stop working for like a whole year oh my gosh so everything fell on me yeah mm-hmm. i was how old were you then i was 16 dang so 16 you literally became the man of the house yeah that's crazy so like as soon as that happened i ended up working i had my mom i had to take care of her I had to take care of her, um, her, the rent, everything, you know, paying for, uh, school supplies for my brothers and sister. Um, just stuff like that. It's just like, as a kid, it was just very weird, you know, not having a childhood. I wanted mm-hmm. to play football. I wasn't yeah. able to not having insurance being from Mexico, like really limited me so much, you know, yeah. it's like 
the opportunities that I was able to have and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was pretty harsh, you know, yeah. like you were forced to grow up very fast. Yeah. Yeah. So since then I just, uh, I don't know. It was just like when he went to prison and everything, it was just very weird for me. Cause, um, that really taught me a lot, you know, it's like on being the person that I am now. So what kind of lessons did you learn from that? Was it like, I don't want to be like that or just like, breaking those cycles too you know okay. like uh even though i fell into those cycles because of the, my environment like mm -hmm. just learning how to uh like be more positive out of stuff you know yeah. instead of like being so negative and being so flashy instead of like when you have all that currency in your hands or right. like all that abundance like it's better to not engage in those things because you only bring negativity towards you you know right and then it was just it was just weird how did you find like any joy you know any any excitement during those times um anything you were excited about doing you know honestly um uh, when i started making music like mm. my older brother was making music before i was so he was my role model okay like in music like i wanted to be like him okay like just like him i was like yo he has money you know like i want to be like him right right <laughs> you know it's like he's so he was making music he was in the streets mm -hmm. right making money mm -hmm. so you kind of like we're like man yeah it's like oh he's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like oh damn it's like this guy's really doing it you know yeah, yeah especially just like having all that around i was like okay cool you know it's like yeah i can be like that but also like when he went to prison like that taught me a lot too is like not to be like that right <laughs> yeah yeah and um it was just uh it put me in a position where i ended up being in that what's a kind of environment still because of the way that my surroundings and stuff yeah. like i mean you almost kind of had to yeah right? yeah of course yeah just just to like get by especially being a young kid like not having a lot you know coming to you you're 16 you're trying to do so much but you can only do so much right. you know yeah you, and especially me like I, I, I didn't know what the hell i was doing most of the time i was like just kind of winging it and then right. also i felt like uh i could uh just make it happen i thought i knew everything <laughs> yeah yeah did you think that taught you something kind of yeah it, it taught me to be humble okay you know to be humble and uh and be gentle with myself okay and just, that's uh, important though yeah yeah especially um, you said gentle with yourself because a lot of men they don't like to be they every, just people in general are so yeah. hard on themselves you know what i mean yeah yeah i used to uh i used to cry like i used to cry myself to sleep as a kid you know wow like, mm -hmm. Like, I didn't want to live that life. I was like, uh, I used to look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, why do, why do I live like this? Why isn't my life like this? Like, yeah. why can't I change everything? And I would get so frustrated. So, like, it taught me to be calm, be patient, especially, like, having, you know, different people around me always, like, hyping me up and being more positive. Yeah. And just like, hey, you know, you can do it. You know, keep going. Who was the, Who were those positive role models in your life? Just, like, coworkers or older okay. uh, people that I've met around, you know, mm -hmm. like... Uh, uh, one of the persons, uh, it was like my friend Sean from like where I used to work at his car wash. He said like, slowly but surely, man, slowly but surely, yeah. you get there. Yeah. When you well, when you said uh, to be gentle with yourself, what were you doing when you're being hard on yourself? Um, I, I tell myself that I'm messing up all the time. Mm, you know? The self talk then. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll be uh, 
especially like you know like having your mother screaming or something like that like oh you're stupid you know you're not doing things right but you know it's like you kind of like sink those things in especially like not being aware of your subconscious and conscious mind and like it really engraves in your in, in inside you and as you get older you start building up this insecurities mm-hmm. so that's what i felt insecure at mm-hmm. the moment and it was very weird you know like i didn't know who to talk to i didn't know how to talk to anyone about the things that I was going through, like I felt alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it's been really weird just growing up. Yeah, you didn't really have any uh, mentors or examples. Yeah, no guidance. Yeah, and I mean, your mom was doing the best she could, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, she was what all, she know. Yeah, yeah, and always working, so yeah. she was hardly there. Yeah, five kids, and you know, she had to help out. Yeah, put food on the table. You know Definitely. I mean? So, um, you were you became the man of the house. Uh, your mom, you helped your mom, so she got better yeah she she got better that's cool and then was she proud of you kind of like for taking over when when she was sick i mean i, I think so yeah, yeah i think good. i think I, I think so i hope so yeah <laughs> i'm sure she was yeah. yeah yeah um yeah she's 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 doing good now um you know like uh she recovered but you know she she's she's doing her thing now okay so what were you doing like to try to help the family like how were you supporting everybody um i was basically like just working working yeah working yeah. just like I, I i was so above like when my brother went to prison i was like you know what i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna smoke i'm not gonna do none of that and like i i wasn't i, I will rap about the things that i'm rapping about now yeah mm-hmm. as a kid and then like i said like i fell into the environment so like a whole like toxicity and yeah. stuff like that ended up happening so yeah i ended up like basically like rapping about like you know i'm working my ass off and yeah like, you know i'm gonna I'm you know put my mom in, a, in, in top of the hill you know yeah. like a nice house and stuff like that and that really motivated me a lot mm-hmm. i don't know why just rapping like when i was like after my brother went to prison like i was like you know what like i'm gonna make music to keep myself out of trouble okay. it's not like affirmations but yeah. in music it yes, is, right? it is. Definitely. <laughs> yeah because yeah, motivational mm-hmm. yeah and it's like so consciously you engrave that in your yeah, mind yeah absolutely you know? So your music is kind of what saved you. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you start doing music again? Mm, I think I was 15, okay. 16 years old. Okay. Yeah. And what did it start with? What kind of music? Uh, trap. Like basically what my brother was talking about, you know, it's like, uh, I'm a, you know, I got my gun, this, this, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. you know, money, this, money, that. Well, you knew, right? Yeah. 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 Well, at least you were living it instead mm-hmm. of just rapping about something you never lived. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when did your music evolve into something else? Um, it evolved basically a year ago. A year ago, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, like oh, into like to the toxicity or like to the positive. Um, mm-hmm. maybe from the trap to like just to take it through the stages. Like, okay. has yeah. it always been trap or? Um, yeah, it was it was trap for like since I was sixteen all the way to I was twenty one okay Mm -hmm. okay so like five years yeah five years straight and then like during those times like i was opening up for artists i was doing shows i was sneaking myself into the club yeah because you probably weren't even old enough to get in there yeah i was like 16 17 years old not even 18 yet and like opening up for artists and stuff like that so that's that's pretty awesome yeah i was i was doing shows like back to back like i would work and then like go like like right after work, I'm like, okay, I got this uh, talent, not a talent show, but it's like a, some type of a screening mm-hmm. and I will perform and like I will win some contests and some contests I wouldn't. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. So any big name artists you opened up for that? Um, 
I opened up for an OG Latino Hispanic rapper, Kid Frost. Oh, I know Kid Frost. Uh, MC Magic. Okay. Um, Cap G. Okay. Um, a couple of different artists that I don't. Uh, let's see. Well, Kid Frost is pretty big. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an yeah. old school hip hop. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, I think that was pretty solid for yeah. me too. Uh, so was it like was it was it trapped with like Latino with a Latino influence? Yeah, like uh, it's like. I was put some Spanglish in there. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of so like Kid Frost and all yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> definitely. And then uh, as I, as I was opening up for like other people, like uh, one of this friend that I had in Atlanta, his name was Scoover Setti. He pulled me to the side one day. He's like, "Yo, uh, it's like I know I get it that you love rapping, you know, about your culture and everything, but hey, bro, like everybody's struggling out here, man. It's like not just you, and yeah. not just your people, bro. We all struggling, so." You know, it's like be universal. You know, like step out that uh, step outside that box. Oh, be okay. universal. Mm-hmm. I like that. So he he gave you the uh, the mentorship. To yeah, kind of yeah. Get a bigger mm-hmm. audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Especially because like I've never had nobody like talk to me like that. Like pull me to the side. Like, hey, bro. Like you really got something going on for yeah. yourself. Like you really uh, you, you have that ambition. You know, like mm-hmm. to to make something happen for yourself. Yeah. So he saw some talent and some ambition and some driving. He mm-hmm. wanted to help you. Yeah. Especially like just like seeing my my uh my grind, you know, like just on constantly like just working, yeah, and, um, doing shows and opening up for people and and like releasing music videos and stuff like that as a kid. So it's pretty. So what 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 came from that when he said be universal? What did you take from that? I I just took it and ran with it, you know. Like I stopped uh I stopped like just talking about like the things that everybody like not not like not just like every like my like my people but like i started looking into everybody what everybody's struggling about you know like mm-hmm. everybody has single mothers mm-hmm. everybody has not you know like a father has not been there or just like kind of just be more open to people and like you know like make them feel like with their soul you mm-hmm. know like and just have people more engaged with my stuff um and just you know just being able to like talk to other like you know to other people because it's like we're all you know we have to help each other out some way some type of way so yeah i ended up just uh collaborating with other people um doing more shows in different areas that i never thought i was instead of car shows i would go to the clubs now Mm -hmm. and from the clubs i would go to cafes from cafes i would go to like uh like uh uh, like screenings and stuff like that i would go to like music festivals and Mm -hmm. stuff like that too Mm -hmm. so it was pretty cool all right, so talk about the festivals. Okay, so basically when I was performing at these festivals, it was pretty cool, you know, just interacting with other artists that are upcoming and seeing their upcoming too and just, like, seeing how they're working. It was yeah. pretty cool, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, having a versatile group of people around me and just having, like, people from Europe, the UK, um, China, and then like Atlanta and then other places in the United States that will come to these uh, festivals and just interact, you know, like I met choreographers, directors that I've never thought I was going to interact with. And, you know, it opened up a lot of doors, you know, as a kid. Yeah. Any any like imp- very important people that you met during that time that have influenced your life to this point? Uh, yeah. Uh, my old manager, uh, his name was uh, Strick. OK. Uh, he used to make music, but his real name is Mark. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Danny D. Wright, he passed away. Um, DJ Dirty D as a kid. And um, 
you know, they they really helped me out, uh, you know, to really polish myself up as an artist and really keep pushing forward. You know, like yeah. I was giving me criticism with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was being real, even if it hurts my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pushing like, you, pushing yeah, you to be yeah. better you yeah, know? to get to get to my full potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when do you think you reach your full potential music or you think you haven't gotten there yet? I think I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah, right. I think mm-hmm. this this year right here is like uh finally got some something that I'm very proud of, especially yeah. with the things that I'm working on. So what's your music? What has it evolved to now? Like um so I ended up from like talking about consumer consumerism, I ended yeah. up talking about uh you know dismantling the system now. Yeah. You know, yeah. capitalism, you know. Um I talk about anti-racism stuff, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. any white supremacy, things like that. Um uh, um, you know, talking about the uh, the animals, human rights, you know, right. all those things. Um, it's probably a perfect time for your music right now because yeah. of everything that's going on. Definitely. You know I mean? <laughs> like, it's kind of like a perfect, uh, perfect timing, pretty much. Like. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's pretty cool because, like, now, like, I actually have a, like, a group of people that really support me, a mm-hmm. real solid, you know, support team. And who are those people? Uh, the community that uh, I've, i've been around you know like the vegan community yeah mm, you know nice. the vegan community awesome. is pretty awesome yeah, yeah they yeah. really show love you yeah know? yeah I'm like, hell yeah i appreciate y'all yeah mm. well let's talk about that since you mentioned it so how did you become vegan how'd you get on that journey um well veganism like um my best friend basically she would like we were at a buffalo wild wings one day you know <laughs> yeah. i remember that i used to go there all the yeah. time yeah and she's like, hey, you know, it's like, I've been watching these documentaries and stuff like that. And I really want to go vegan. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, for real? That's like, I never heard about that at yeah. all. You know, that's <laughs> the like, first time I ever heard yeah. Was this in Atlanta? Yeah, in okay. Atlanta. So I'm like, okay. So this, I'm like, you know, she started explaining all these things to me. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, shit, if you do it, I'll do it with you. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So since then, like, I, it, it took time, you know, to transition to like full, like, no, not consuming no animal products. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a process. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty cool, you know, like from there. And then, like, I think that like a few weeks later, my mom and my sister like about passed away on like the same week. It oh, was wow. really sorry um, to hear about that. It was really impactful for me because it's like. As I was learning about veganism, I was mostly learning about the health side, you know, like right. about like detoxifying your body, your pineal gland, um, your colon, all these things, boosting your immune system, things that, mm. you know, like we never knew. I started learning about anatomy. Yeah. You know, like anatomy. Uh, yeah. Anatomy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And um, that was pretty interesting to me, seeing how like our mind works, our body works, how our body sign- sends signals to our body telling us when something is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. you think about food coma yeah like your body is telling you like, like i ate too much you know what i mean yeah don't feed me no more yeah, yeah and a lot of people get used to that i was used to that growing yeah. up like oh yeah. it's normal you ate a big heavy meal yeah. but no it's not normal yeah. you shouldn't feel that way food yeah. is supposed to be medicine yeah and basically yeah. like feed you energy that's what yeah. you know that's really what's supposed to be too and uh it was it's 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 crazy yeah and then speaking about like family members passing away so both my grandfathers died very young at my age you know i'm sorry uh, to hear that yeah thank you i appreciate that but it was diabetes you know the latino Mm -hmm. diet you know the lifestyle you Mm -hmm. know 
And I remember my grandfather, um, I didn't really remember them too much. I was so young, you know, mm -hmm. but I remember he had to get both his legs amputated. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of the diabetes and stuff, right? So yeah, that kind of maybe taught me stuff like at a young age. And then, um, you know, my father kind of showed him too, like he didn't want to go down that path, mm -hmm. right? And we, we thought we were eating healthy, but we still ate a lot of animal products and yeah, cheese yeah. and all that, you know. We made the uh the mexican food we ate as healthy as possible right yeah. but then again learning about true plant-based diet and veganism is like a whole different ball game yeah you start seeing how like everything gets made and like yeah. all the things that are really inside especially nowadays like you really like you know all you got to do is just look online yeah mm -hmm. like i think before anybody eats any meat they should be able to have to scan a little barcode and it yeah. takes them to a little video to see how that meat got there yeah definitely and they probably wouldn't <laughs> there they think twice right yeah. or seeing that those documentaries how they're being get getting treated being treated basically mm -hmm. how they're being killed yeah it's like so. especially in those sounds you know like of them screaming oh, for help oh yeah <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's trauma yeah very traumatizing yeah so mm -hmm. speaking of that i know you're an animal rights activist right mm -hmm. and uh, did that come from veganism or did you where'd that come from mm -hmm. um my best friend too okay yeah, all right um, so your best friend was a good influence shout out yeah, to your best friend yeah, yeah. what's your best friend's name <laughs> Uh, we're, sadly, we're not friends anymore like oh, that. Okay. But like, shout out to Jenny O. You know, yeah. she really helped me. Hey, out she a helped lot. you at yeah. a time. Yeah, definitely. You know? Everybody serves their purpose. In yeah, your life, definitely. You know I mean? And um, uh, yeah, she she was basically telling me one day uh, about like that she was gonna go join a Cuba Truth in Atlanta. Okay. And I'm like, okay, cool, Sh shoot. You know, it's like, I'll, what, what is it? Cuba Cuba Truth. Cuba Truth. Okay. Yeah, basically, it's uh. You hold a TV or a sign, and then during the t when you're holding the TV, all these documentaries are going, uh, oh, you know, uh, passing through and stuff. So you hear the screams. People are walking through as you're like just holding. You can't talk or nothing. That's They're just, crazy. just holding these signs and these TVs. So people are just like stopping by and like if people ask for questions or like they want to know more, we kind of come confront them and be like, okay, you know, this is what it's about. Have you ever seen this before? Oh. And then they say yes, no. You know, we kind of take it from there yeah so it's like taking a picket sign to the next level yeah, yeah. it's like a tv it's pretty playing creative the, wow yeah. that's crazy so like i wasn't there to join it i was there to record her oh okay like to document be part of it. Yeah, yeah document that because mm. that was like she wanted to become an activist so i'm like mm. okay cool mm -hmm. uh, let me help you out and um i started recording it and then they're like well we need one more person <laughs> i'm like you got sucked <laughs> in yeah like, like, i was here to record but like it really caught my attention too because i was like I'm like, okay, you know, I joined. I didn't know nothing of it. You yeah. know, like I started hearing the videos. Sorry, I couldn't watch it. So I started hearing it, and those sounds like never left my mind. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up uh, doing the video. And from there, like, I ended up just like stepping forward into like uh, doing more things for the animals. And how long ago was this? Um, Two years ago. Two years ago. Oh, so it's pretty recent. Yeah, two or three years ago. Yeah. Is that when you went vegan too? No, I went, yeah, no. Three years ago is when I went vegan. Okay, so first it started with going vegan, Yeah, right? yeah. And then you kind of got invited to this thing and yeah. you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, and then, like, uh, I ended up, like, my whole life changed, especially because of the whole, like, street things yeah. of, of my past. And, uh, like, I moved to California. Okay. And uh, as soon as I moved to California, like, you know, like, in California, in the Central Valley, all you see is... Um, 
factory farms right, right? that's all you see oh yeah and that's Harris all you Rams smell too? yeah mm-hmm. on the five yeah is it the five so. or the 99 yeah, yeah. i think the, the, the 99 okay. Oh, okay i think so whenever i drive to la i i smell something yeah. really yeah. bad I don't yeah know you, just, you know you drive it just like yeah. hits you in the face yeah, just like, well, the you have the windows up and everything yeah you can still smell it that's crazy well let me ask you this since you went vegan did you know what you were gonna eat like as a beginner uh no i started <laughs> i started eating raw so like most of the time oh, i'm like shoot, i started cool. looking into things like at first like i said i was going vegan for the health mm-hmm. so i ended up just uh eating like a lot of raw produce like you know vegetables fruits you know um i started juicing mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, i ended up buying tofu yeah <laughs> and thinking that i was like oh that's all i'm gonna eat and then <laughs> My friend started showing me how to cook food. And so I'm like, okay, you know, she was more into her health. So they were making like alkaline food and wow. was, like pretty cool, you know, like yeah. getting sucked into that. It was like very cool uh, being able to like taste something that I used to eat and seeing it like made without the cruelty, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It was like, it felt like very compassionate. Yeah. It's like guilt free yeah. food, right? Guilt free yeah. and you don't have to worry about the diseases or yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, and. That's a good point because I always like to make that point um, because people think when they go vegan, they're going to lose the flavor or mm-hmm. what they eat. I mean, I just I just had you eat some uh, Mexican birria tacos. Oh, right. It's before, so good. Right? It's, so yeah, good yeah. Too. I love it's it. all vegan. Right. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jenny uh, and, uh, you know, a Morilus vegan food. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can have the same food you had before. Definitely. Just without the cruelty without the sickness yeah and, and all that know. processed stuff on yeah it, you know? like process. sometimes we don't even want we never ask where our food's coming from mm-hmm. or who makes these things yeah. or like what's going into our food and then like when like i said i was going vegan first so like that's what i started doing is lo- start looking into these names mm-hmm. of these things that were in the back of the ingredients mm-hmm. sometimes you can't even pronounce them right yeah. yeah and then you start looking these things up and then you start looking up the side effects over time yeah. and you see what's really going on yeah. people are like having seizures heart attacks and things like that it's because of these things that we're consuming yeah yeah i heard back in the days people didn't have any allergies it was yeah. because there was no processed food yeah i mean see here's the thing about bad food and processed food and stuff like that if you uh ate a steak and you got cancer the next day nobody would do it right Mm -hmm. if you uh you know consumed uh, dairy and you got a heart disease the next day no one would do it if you smoked a cigarette and the next day you had lung cancer nobody would do it but the 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 thing is it takes time Mm -hmm. 20 30 40 years but then by then it's too late shoot like i think meat takes like around three to six weeks just to leave your your like to digest properly so like imagine this like people are eating meat every day and they're not letting that meat process Mm -hmm. their body so Mm -hmm. like over time people are gonna get like blood clots Mm -hmm. you know like heart attacks diabetes right or these type of illnesses that they're like oh man like what's going on it's like do you know what's going on like really like all that energy from those beings that are being trapped before they're being slaughtered like Mm -hmm. you're consuming that into yourself yeah Mm -hmm. so if they're ill like you're gonna get ill yourself you know right yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, and you know, a lot of times people just don't know. Like just mm-hmm. me, I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, now that I'm plant based, and you know, Joe's plant based, and you know, it, it's it's kind of like you really want to share with everybody. It's almost like you found the cure to like cancer, mm-hmm. and you're like, dude, you need to know about this. But then it's like people kind of they don't they don't 
they don't ex- yeah. they don't receive it as well you know yeah I mean? and, and like you feel i feel good i mm-hmm. feel like i'm the youngest i've ever been even though i'm, I'm you know my 30s now but then i feel really young and strong yeah because of the diet and the lifestyle that i've you know uh, i've changed about me and i just want to share that with everyone too mm-hmm. yeah. so it's go ahead no anyway <laughs> no but uh it's, it's the same way for me like uh when i i used to almost i think i, I weighed like 300 pounds oh wow so like when i first went vegan i lost like almost 100 pounds damn congratulations man mm-hmm. yeah it's a good feeling though yeah right? yeah so yeah. like i shed all that and then just like like now being more active like i see my friends like not talking down on my friends at all because yeah. i love them <laughs> but like my my old friends and stuff like that sometimes like i'm just like you know you can have a lot more energy yeah and do more things mm. you know yeah. like like you really take care of yourself sometimes i see my friends really sick and i'm just like oh i know what's going on yeah you know, it's like yeah it's it's tough man because yeah. you just want to help but, yeah mm-hmm. but if you don't come the right way they'll you know they won't listen they have yeah. to be ready for you yeah it's, well it's good that you're being an example you're leading by example because yeah. eventually people will come to you like what did you do rob yeah how'd you do it because it's like i, I one thing is like i never like pushing myself on people you know it's mm-hmm. like I, I was like like i said my little brother went vegan because because of, of me and just being the example mm-hmm. and just following through you know instead of like being a hypocrite and yeah. saying you know like tell them oh don't do this when i'm the same person doing that i'm yeah. like no nah, it's not cool yeah mm-hmm. that's important so yeah. you're leading with compassion which yeah. is basically what ve- veganism is about so yeah open heart so besides mm-hmm. losing all that weight was there any other cool things that happened to you after going vegan like health wise or like uh, body wise yeah um uh, like when i first went vegan i started detoxifying myself i started like juicing so i started cleaning my blood cells yeah um i started cleansing my pineal gland oh wow you know taking all those heavy metals out of my uh my pineal gland and stuff like that out of my body mm-hmm. um like when i started cleansing my pineal gland like something clicked in my mm. mind and i started reading about the subconscious and conscious mind mm-hmm. um like i said i fell into like like the whole thing with like part being part of my environment of like of like when i lost my friend and everything in my arms it really put me in a position where um i feel like i was fucking up all the time like Mm. anything i always had people on you know on my back telling me he's like oh you're you know i wish you would have died so that put me in a negative mindset and i was like you know what like maybe i'm not good for nothing right you know so like when i started reading the subconscious mind it like something clicked you know like Mm. um it was like you know like started looking life in a different perspective Mm. you know it's like um there's like a hole you know like if you fall in a hole like either you can dig out you know like or dig up or something Mm -hmm. like just try to get out just trying to jump to get Mm -hmm. out of that hole but in my mind like i seen the hole and i'm just like i seen it like a piece of paper like if i drew it like okay there's a hole but also if i turn it it's a a way out oh Mm, wow you know that that's powerful so that's how i looked at all perspective yeah yeah for the audience whoever's watching this uh you want to explain a little bit more about the pineal gland is that the third eye chakra yeah basically is is the you know how do you clean that um i i was basically like drinking juices and like creating my own juices and stuff like that basically looking into like what certain vegetable or fruit actually cleanse what part of your body Mm And then also like um, I will put iodine and kelp into my water. Oh, okay. So like that really helps out too. Yeah. So you and started to kind of research. And yeah, just basically looking stuff. into things. Wow. And it was pretty interesting because I was like, okay, cool. You know, it's like I never knew that. And mm-hmm. so, like I also started looking into uh, like how the human body works. Mm-hmm. 
and that right there like really put me in a different perspective it was like okay cool you know it's like like why is nobody teaching me this yeah exactly right <laughs> like, why, yeah. Is no, why is school not there's no me? money yeah. in you being healthy yeah you know yeah. what i mean there's no money in you knowing how to heal yourself yeah you it know is. It's, it's it's crazy because like um like after like learning how to heal that like it opened up so many opportunities for me like yeah like mentally physically mm-hmm. and spiritually so like when your pineal gland opened up you kind of became more woke you know it's, yeah more it's, aware. yeah it's almost like you, you took off the the dirt or the smudge yeah. and you're like oh shoot i could see i wipe my uh what's it called eye boogers off. yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the eye, the eye yeah, when you wake up right your third eye boogers yeah, yeah. third eye boogers there you go you guys heard it here first third eye boogers on the <laughs> bliss seekers podcast right thank you for tuning in that was the end of part one part two comes out next monday 9 a.m please stay tuned Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.